everyone and welcome back to another podcast. I am very excited for today's podcast. I've had to put it off a few times, but it's one that I've just been thinking about a lot and I've basically kind of am thinking of it as like a follow-up to my spirit guide video that I did on my YouTube page. So if you are like super, super new to spirit guides, um, maybe check out that podcast first, or sorry, the video first, um, just so you can kind of understand the context of what I'm talking about. Because um, I'm not going to go into like what they are or any of that um, like basic information. I'm kind of talking more today about why we have such a hard time connecting with our guides. And I have a few just personal theories around this and around, you know, our own religion and our own definition of spirituality. But yeah, I am super excited. I've got my coffee here. It is Saturday afternoon. It is so warm out. I'm excited that the sunshine is back. Um, My son is taking a nap, so I'm just spending my little time here with you guys. Um, And I did want to ask those of you who are watching, if you can like shoot me a message through Instagram, send me an email, anywhere you want to leave it. Um, Can you guys let me know how the audio quality is on your phones? Um, I'm recording this through my phone and it sounds good when I play it back, but every time I listen to it on a different speaker, sound it sounds completely different so let me know if it's like consistently obnoxious like send me a message I want to figure out a better way to film it but if it's good you know I want to keep it easy for myself um so let's get into it um I want to talk about understanding our spirit guides and why why so many of us just feel like we're not connected to them and I think to really understand this We have to kind of first understand, like, our personal beliefs, like, our faith, our religion. Um, And I will say that usually, not all the times, um, but usually when people are kind of coming into the metaphysical world for the first time and they're like, I have spirit guides? What? I want to know who my spirit guides are. It... It can be extremely exciting and fun to hear, like, what people, you know, say about you. It's kind of almost like, ooh, what's my Patronus, you know, taking a Harry Potter quiz. Um, But it can also get really confusing, and I don't think anybody really talks about this, because basically, you know, you might be getting information from yourself, like, you know, maybe you're doing psychic exercises and you're connecting with, like, this guide, Um, or maybe somebody else tells you that you have this guide Um, And you fully feel that, like you feel like they're right, you totally feel like you connected with that guide, but then it's like, wait, 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 how does this fit into my belief system? Where, (laughs) where do spirit guides come into my religious beliefs? Um, And I think this is where we can start to doubt our connection with our guides and just our whole, you know, foundation of our religion, to be honest. Um... And so, let's talk kind of about religion first. I think we really have to understand this piece before we jump into, like, spirit guides. Um, And one of the reasons why I don't talk too much about religion through all of my socials is because I try to be, like, a non-denominational psychic. Um, I try to make sure that anytime anybody's coming to me for a reading, that they don't feel that I'm of you know, such a specific bias of a religion that they couldn't get a reading from me. Um, And this was just a personal choice that I made. Um, When I was studying at the Aspen program for psychic development, my coach, you know, was like, you guys can do whatever you want. She kind of gave us the pros and cons to everything. And I specifically remember there were some people in our program who were Christian and they decided, you know, I want to only work with angels and I only want to be, you know, basically work with the um, spiritual team, um, which I'm going to take a step back, um, but finishing that sentence, (laughs) they only want to work with the spiritual team that's of that religion. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do more is use the term spiritual team, um, because I think spirit guides has a, not a negative connotation, but it's just very much associated with spirit guides. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to that point. But when I studied in that program, she had mentioned, okay, you know, if you are non-denominational, 
it just kind of leaves it open for more people to be able to come see you and it keeps your bias more out of the way because you're not saying this is how the universe or the world works and my very small view of it is the right way and you know I'm only going to read people that kind of believe in this. Again, you can totally do that. There's no like judgment there. It's more just about um, being more open to being able to read more types of people. Um, and I don't think that you um, can't read people if they're not of the same religion. I've definitely had people that I've read that we definitely did not believe in the same things, but it still worked. But just a long time ago, I decided to kind of go the same route as being non-denominational because I felt like, oh, well, that makes sense. You know, we're not, we're keeping the bias out of the way and we're just going to kind of keep it open to anything and everything that comes through. Um, and another reason why I just don't talk a whole lot about my personal religious beliefs is I just don't think it has a lot to do with the psychic ability. You know, I'm giving tools on how to connect to the divine, you know, the universe, source, whatever it is you believe in is what I always say, God. I gave you the how, but I'm not here explaining the why, you know, and what it is. Um, there's a lot of people that will do that, but I try really hard not to claim to know what goes on on the other side because I think everyone experiences it differently and I feel like who am I to kind of you know tell you what <laughs> what how the world works when I truly don't even know myself um so to me I think it's a lot about I'm just here to kind of give you the tools on how to connect but then I think what happens is you have the tools you use it and you're like I'm gonna run with this and use it to connect to my guides to connect to angels to connect to whatever I believe in and then I think this is where people get stuck because they have the how, they have the tools, but then they don't, they don't know what they believe in. They don't know what, <laughs> what religion they are. They don't know what, or like how, what their spirituality is. Not saying that you have to put a label on it by any means, but I think that a lot of people are interested in the how and they know something is on this other side, but then it's like, all right, I have these tools, what do I do with it? And who am I talking to? And what do I believe in? Um, I hope you guys can kind of, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, but um, I, I, I used to try to kind of talk about that on my channel like way back when, but then I was like, you know what? That's not my expertise. I'm just gonna give the how. Um, and then another reason why I don't talk about it too much is just like, it's my own personal stuff. Like it's, I don't want to say private to me. Like if anybody asks, I'm, I'm usually a pretty open person and I'll tell people. Um, but I think another reason is just that I'm still trying to figure out what I believe in, um, which might surprise a lot of people out there. You know, even though you have the how, even though you have the tools to connect, that doesn't mean you know what you're doing or what you believe in. Um, and I, I would say, that obviously, I definitely have some pretty firm beliefs, but they evolve. Um, I will have experiences, and then it's like I open up to a whole new understanding of how something can work. Um, biggest example of this that I could give is, um, let's see, I was very much under the impression that when a spirit dies, they're either crossed over or they're not. Um, and then when my cousin committed suicide, um, and, oh, maybe I should have gave a trigger warning for that, uh, trigger warning, sorry. <laughs> um, but when he did that, um, I, I just kind of talked about it in a few videos here and there, but I did not feel like it was a very, like, black and white, he's crossed over or he's not. It felt like a very gray area thing where sometimes he would get better, sometimes he would get worse. And it was kind of this like back and forth thing until I felt like he kind of finally moved on or crossed over. Um, and so there's a lot of things like that that I think the metaphysical community has that are like buzzwords, like twin flames, crossing over, like they're good to kind of get across a point, but it's also limiting because, you know, then you have a bias of, oh, this is how it works because some psychic said that. Um, but I try to keep it open and again, it evolves as I experience things, as I have, you know, more and more readings and I experience something new. Um, I'm trying to think of like another example. Like there was also this, I think it was this year I read a um, dog who was about to pass away. You know, their family wanted to make sure it was okay, it was time. 
and they asked me the question of if he was going to come back. I am somebody who, I don't even know if I believe in reincarnation. I believe in a very, I don't know, unique version of reincarnation, I guess. Um, it could change, <laughs> but um, they, they wanted to know if their dog was going to come back. And the answer that I got from this dog was like, yes, half and half. Like, a little bit of me was going to come back, but a little, a little bit of me was not going to come back. And I thought, I was very confused by that information. <laughs> like, I gave it and I, you know, I said what I got. And they really resonated with that. But I walked away from that reading being like, whoa, is that a thing? Can we do that? <laughs> and so I learned from spirit as I do readings, as I connect to my own guides and it evolves over time. Um, so I think my point here is that I don't try to go online and be like, this is how it works. Because if I one day change my mind, I don't want to be like held accountable for something I said in the past. Um, and again, it's just like my personal stuff and it doesn't make sense to share the how, but then also be like, oh, and here's my personal bias. Um, I do think I am going to do it more, but I will definitely preface, hey, these are my personal beliefs. Um, I always try to separate that. And I think that's a lot of why, again, I am being drawn to make this podcast is to share more of that side of my voice. So jumping next into my personal religious beliefs, I don't even really like that word, but um, I think it, you know, kind of conveys the, the point of what I'm trying to say here. Um, and I, I don't want to go into it too much because I don't think it's too relevant, but I do think it's important to give you context because a little bit of this does affect my readings. Like I do have a bias to an extent. I feel like most psychics could not completely get rid of their bias. And my guides right now are honestly telling me like if you completely got rid of your bias, you wouldn't know what you believed in. You have to have a little bit of belief behind what you do or else there's no structure, there's no foundation is kind of what they're telling me, which is cool. But, um, and over the years, what I do feel certain about is that religion is something that is an individual experience. Now, before I turn you off, <laughs> I, uh, let me explain myself. Um, I do feel that everyone has kind of a radar of like, your intuition. And it's, I think it's here so that we can sort of like, I don't want to say fact check, but like understand what we do or don't believe in. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't like feel religious or feel faithful in a group setting. I think that's totally different. Um, but I think everyone has to tune into what they individually believe. And I think, um, with organized religion and kind of going into like how I was raised, um, organized religion is very much like, hey, we all show up, we all believe the same thing without question, and we're all in a group and everybody believes this. And I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of room for the individual. Now, not saying, you know, I'm sure there are churches, there are places that absolutely cater to that and, you know, have more like, I don't know, like talks or, you know, they kind of go into that more. But all of my experiences growing up just were very much like we're a group. This is what we believe in. Everybody's on board. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, and how I grew up was my parents said we were a Christian and I, you know, I fully believe that they are and they believe in that themselves. But it didn't feel like we were because there wasn't a lot of action behind that. Like, we did not go to church on a regular basis. <laughs> My parents would much rather have slept in, you know, had a Sunday breakfast. We very rarely went, even during the holidays. We would go on some holidays every now and then. But for the most part, I would say I probably went to church maybe only 10 or 12 times um, growing up total. Um, and each time it would be a completely different church. Like maybe once or twice we would go back to the same church, but it was different every time. Um, and if you want me to go more in depth on all of these like church experiences, I'd be happy to. Um, I just, there's so many and so, so many experiences that I've had. It could almost be its whole podcast, but, um, basically I went to a very small town church growing up and then, um, when we moved kind of to South Denver, we went to a much wealthier community and we went to very fancy big ass churches that have very fancy everything. They literally had a Starbucks inside one of them. 
Um, not a, like a full Starbucks, but you know, like Starbucks coffees that they sold. And so I've had a wide variety of exposure um, just to Christianity in general, um, especially in different types of income areas, which is curious, the differences you can see there. But um, I've also been um, to some more woo-woo places. Like when I first started discovering this whole route, my husband and um, my husband's father took me to uh, like a more universalist church. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like the Denver Church of Science and Mind. And they were trying to also be like very inclusive. So like in this church, they had like literally every single deity that you could think of painted on the walls. And I was just like, whoa, this is different. This is weird. <laughs> but um, again, like I'm laughing because I'm not like judging anyone it was just very different, you know, in comparison to those Christian churches growing up of like, there's only one God. And then you go to a church where all the gods are painted on the walls and you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> um, it was a very new experience for me. Um, but basically I just had no structure. Like I, um, I didn't really have any solid foundation. I knew there was a God and I was supposed to believe in him. And if not, I was going to go to hell and that's about it. Um, and I even went to like a Christian summer camp and I had a really tra traumatizing experience where the camp counselors got us together one night and we were all reading the Bible together. And um, this camp counselor just like got really quiet and was like, all right, we need to have a serious conversation. And I just remember being like, oh shoot, what is going on? And she like... She started talking about how we should fear God and how God, you know, I can't remember her exact words. I was so little, but it was, it was this conversation of like, God is powerful. He put us here. We need to be grateful and we should be afraid. We should be afraid of him because he could do anything to us at any time. Um, and granted, you know, like th these were teenage camp counselors, by the way. But I was a young kid. I didn't know right from wrong. Um, and so I believed them. And so I grew up with a very scary relationship with God of, oh, shit, <laughs> if I don't do this right, I'm going to hell. If my pets aren't good, they're going to go to hell, which I talked about a little bit in my last podcast. Um, I even <laughs> I'm getting so off track here, but I even... Um, my my mom told me when I was too young to learn about sex, which I think I probably would have been at least old enough, <laughs> um, but she told me, oh, God makes you pregnant. And I was terrified, terrified at age, probably like six or seven, I don't know, that I was just going to get pregnant at random. And I would pray to God, I would pray to not get pregnant. I was like, I can't have a baby. I'm, I'm too little. <laughs> like, the... The shit that people put in my brain about God and religion. It was just all sorts of negative stuff. I could go on and on about these stories. I'm sorry. If you want to hear it, I'll happily do a podcast on it. But basically, I had very little exposure to it. And it always felt wrong. It always felt forced. And it felt like I was supposed to believe in something out of fear. And something that... Just never resonated with me. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily say that I had a very spiritual upbringing. Um, but I sort of did. Um, but point being, I, I do think we all have this intuition. And I think that the intuition is honestly here for us to see, hey, this feels right. Or, hey, this doesn't feel right. Um, and I think that that's how we discover our personal beliefs in our religion. I think that when I talk about it being a very individualistic thing, I think we're supposed to trust this intuition. We're supposed to say, oh, okay, yes, I believe in this little piece of it over here. No, that piece over there doesn't resonate with me. And I think you create your own version of what you think the universe is, what you think is on the other side. I, I don't feel like you have to have it all figured out either, but I just feel like it seems impossible that you would just show up to a church or a group and just believe in everything that they believe in. And this isn't, again, about, you know, anything against like Christianity or any of those organized religions specifically. This could equally be 
with, you know, like the Wiccan religion. You could jump into it and feel pressured by all the people that believe in it to believe in all the same things that they believe. Um, But I think that, again, you have to use your intuition as a radar to be like, "Mm, yes, this feels true. This feels like the right thing. Um, And then for other things like, oh, you know, you're going to go to hell when you die. You know, to me, that just never felt right. It didn't feel true. Um, And so to me, that is something that I've completely like ditched. I also don't believe in demons either. And I think because I've learned this over time, it's been very interesting because I've, as I've discovered all sorts of religions, like I've always been extremely interested in them. And I think this is the Pisces sun in me for sure. Um, I I studied all the religions coming out of college because I wanted to know everything that was out there. It felt like, I felt like my childhood was robbed to be exposed to only one um, religion. And I felt like that was not fair to me to be exposed and let me choose what I believed in. Um, I, you know, that's nothing ill will against my parents. They were doing the best that they could with their upbringing. Um... But to me, you know, something I've talked to my husband about is we want to expose our son to all of it and let him ask questions about all of it and let him gravitate to wherever he wants to go um, and what he believes in. And if he wants to go sit in on like a Buddhist church ceremony, I don't know what you call it, you know, he can absolutely go do that. If we want to go sit and watch a Christian one, absolutely, let's go do it. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to let him gravitate to wherever he wants to go and my other kids that I probably will have in the future um but I think because of this I've been very I don't want to say choosy but I I kind of pick and choose my religion and what I believe in um but because of that I feel like my spirituality is so much stronger than it ever was before um when someone else was telling me what to believe in and I just felt like "Uh, that doesn't feel right (laughs) you know what I mean Um, And so I think my point here is that with our own spiritual beliefs, if you're not doing this process of discovery, if you're not actively trying to, or you know, even passively trying to just understand what you believe in um, or what you don't believe in, I think it's very hard to even connect to guides, a spiritual team, any of that, if you don't even know the foundation of kind of your beliefs. And back to my point about just like the individual or the group, I do think that everyone individually has to kind of discover this. Um, But I think that when you actually practice your religion, I do think that some people do it much better in a group setting. Um, So to me, I think you're, you're usually one type of person, or maybe you're a little bit of both, but um, there are people that like to practice by themselves, whatever they believe in, whatever religion it is, maybe they just like to keep it to themselves in their home. They don't want to like go very, you know, far with it. Um, But then I think there are some people that really do need that group setting. They need to go to like a church setting. You know, maybe it's not a church. Maybe it's like a coven. Maybe um, it's like a group that meets up monthly that all believes in this thing. And they do like, I don't know, rituals together. I don't know. Um, But I do think that There's no shame in being part of a group. And I just wanted to like clarify that. I just do think that at the end end of the day, you still need to be able to separate from that group and say, hey, what do I believe in? Even if it's not the same as everybody in that group. And like, for example, my husband is very much that way. Like he really liked going to church and he, um, he, he identifies as Christian, but I would say that he believes in a lot of things that Christians don't believe, which I've always like questioned him on. I've always been like, why would you call yourself a Christian if you didn't, if you believe in all these other things? Like he believes a lot of the same stuff that I believe. And I was like, that technically doesn't fit under their labels. And then he's like, well, I don't, I'm not saying I'm Christian in the same way that they're labeling themselves. So again, it's all an individualist, um, or an individualistic kind of view when it comes to everything. But he very much like misses going to church and he likes that group setting. And that, you know, to me was one thing that I I did enjoy too, because, um, and I think it was our clairsentience. I think when you're in a group, when you're in a room and everyone is just vibing and feeling the love and like excited and they're hopeful, like you energetically feel that room. You feel that clairsentience. And my theory here is that 
that people really need that clairsentient energy to feel their spirituality or to feel that spirit. Um, you know, they might feel it as God, but to me, I would say you're probably reading a lot of other people in the room. Um, but I mean, that doesn't mean that that spirit couldn't be there with you all. Um, so I do think, I just want to throw it out that just because you practice a certain thing does not mean you can't be part of a group. Um, so let's get into actually talking about spirit guides. <laughs> um, and we'll do that really quick after this break. Welcome back. I hope you are all enjoying this podcast. Um, podcasting, I feel like I'm still a little new to it, a little rusty. Um, I'm definitely like, I lose track of my thoughts, so I apologize (laughs) if it's coming across that way. Hopefully I'll get better with time. Um, but yeah, jumping back into, okay, let's actually talk about spirit guides and why so many people have a hard time connecting with them. Um, and really, the type of people that I'm thinking of are the ones that kind of are new to the metaphysical community, new to the psychic ability. They're learning about everything. They're getting their toes wet. They're excited. They feel drawn to it. Um, and I mean, you could even be doing this. This could be a slow process over years and years. Like, um, but when these people come in, like almost one of the first questions they always want to know are like, who are my spirit guides? Um, And I think what's so cool about this is that I think people are so excited to know that there are individual guides um, that are out there that are willing to help them. And think about why people are so excited about that. And it's probably because in a lot of ways we didn't feel connected to anything like that before, you know, with our um, personal spiritual beliefs before. Maybe we did. But I think the reason why people get excited, um, for the most part, it seems to be because it's like, oh my gosh, I could connect and get help from something or someone that knows me really well and has my best interest at heart. And that's just so exciting because that's not what we're taught um, in some other religions. In some other religions, I want to say it's kind of more like God is, that God is passive, you know, they, they deal with everybody at once. It's not so individualistic. Again, I know I'm blanket stating, blanket, blanket statementing. My words are not here. Um, this, and I do know that that's not how every religion works. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that, you know, a lot of these religions teach kind of that more personal connection with that God, but at least in my experience, it was never like an individual thing. It was never somebody specifically looking out for Lauren. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think these people are coming into it and, you know, this is a totally new religion when you think about it. Like, I, again, I don't like to use that word, but that's what it is. Like, you are coming in and you're asking about beings and gods and guides that are kind of associated with the metaphysical community which, you know, in a, in a way you could argue is, in a, is a religion in itself. You know, maybe it's just the spiritualist, spiritualism community. Um, but that is technically a religion is spiritualism. Um, or, you know, you could be seeing psychics that are Wiccan and they're talking about the guides and goddesses and gods that they work with. And so you're getting exposed to completely new religions and new um, beliefs, but you're maybe not given that. You're just given kind of the guides. Um, And so (laughs) I think it can be really hard for people because they um, are having a hard enough time connecting with the guides themselves just because, you know, understanding your own psychic ability is its whole thing in itself. But then you're also like, okay, well, how do these guides fit into what I believe? And that was a real struggle for me when I first started because I was like, I feel like these guides are real. I feel like they are there, but I only have Christianity as a context. Where do these things fit in? And I will give a lot of credit to my husband and he's such a philosophical thinker um, and he was raised to be very like open-minded And he would kind of just pose questions and we would talk through it and we would kind of be like, well, why can't it fit? And so I think there's an evolution that happens when you are meeting your spirit guides. And I think for a lot of us, it starts out as just like, 
ooh, fun, cool, like, what's my spirit guide? Ooh, it's so exciting. Um, and maybe it's just, like, surface level, and we're not actually working with them in any way. Like, we're just, like, going around and asking a bajillion psychics, who are my spirit guides? Who are my spirit guides? And we're not actually, like, connecting with them. And I think this, I would call this, like, the first stage of understanding your guides. Maybe you're still, like, educating yourself on them. Again, there's, like, no judgment here because, like, I love that. I love that people are trying to go out of their way to connect with a spiritual team that is, you know, that they're feeling guided to do. I feel like there's a reason why they're doing that. And it's probably because that spiritual team wants to, you know, talk to them and help them. And really quick about spiritual team, um, a lot of, I, I usually try to say spiritual team. I don't say it all the time. But I think it's because when I think of spirit guides, the the word spirit guides often brings up an image and it's just associated with the metaphysical community. And, you know, not that that's bad, but I feel like it's a little exclusive. I feel like it doesn't include room for certain types of spiritual beings. Like, usually when you talk about spirit guides, um, like, I'll hear angels being me uh, mentioned but you almost never hear about like saints or, you know, maybe sometimes depending on who you're talking to. But um, when we talk about spirit guides, like even if you pick up a spirit guide book, there will be certain things that are omitted. And I think that's because of the bias of the people in the metaphysical community. A lot of them have come from organized religion and they want nothing to do with those old guides <laughs> or gods. And so they completely just kind of keep it out. And so the reason why I try to say spiritual team also is that I'm keeping it open to anybody of any religion. So, you know, you could be Christian and your spiritual team could be all angels. And, you know, that would still apply under that umbrella term. You can have a spiritual team that, you know, is um, like family members that have passed. That doesn't necessarily mean they're guides. Um, and I think where it kind of gets confusing is that some people start to like rank guides and they kind of stack them in this like hierarchy. And I think those are the people who need structure similar to organized religion. They need to know who's the top dog of all of the guides. And I kind of, ugh, I don't know if I believe in that so much. Um, like, oh, these are the ascended masters and these are the archangels and then these are the angels. Um, and then like you can even get into like, I don't know too much about, you know, people who believe um, in like aliens and all of that, like they are out there. There's again, no disrespect to them, but they even have like all sorts of different types of classifications. Um, and so like, to me, I just want to keep it open and inclusive and no matter what you believe in, I like to call it your team because your team, it's, it's implying that somebody uh, or several people are out there supporting you. And it's not just like one type of being, one type of group that's only associated with the metaphysical community. I hope I'm making sense. But I think over the years, you know, after you kind of get over this hump of like, oh, okay, cool, I've, I've learned who my spirit guides are, you can go one of two ways. You can either be like, yeah, I don't believe in this so much, I'm not going to work with them. Or you can still feel like they are there, they are yours, and you can continue to work with them over the years. Um... And I honestly have struggled a lot with, like, understanding my relationship with my spiritual team over the years. Um, and it's something that I have slowly kind of, like, learned from them, from their guidance. And, um, <laughs> sorry, they're, they're, like, giving me a love hug right now. It's so sweet. Um, I can, like, feel it in my back. They're, like, giving me clairsentient chills. Um... But I, I think over the years, you know, I'm obviously doing readings for people. I feel like, okay, I have to use the word spirit guides because that's what everyone expects. You know, I'm a psychic. This is what I do. Um, but over the years, I would really go through phases of doubt. And I think that's what nobody talks about. And I just want to say, like, if you go through doubting if your guides are real, it is okay. You, like, you are allowed to. And I think some guides really truly come in for like moments they might come in to help you with something because right there in that moment you really um resonate with that image that energy but I do think you change as a person and sometimes you need a different visual a different guide to help you with where you're at at that point in your life so some guides really stick and some guides don't and I used to just beat myself up I'm like 
well, maybe I'm just not, like, a good follower. Like, I don't, maybe I'm not servicing these guides well enough. Or maybe they're not real. Um, and so I, I wish I had, like, a, a pretty way of, like, wrapping this up. But basically, I've just tried to continue to connect with them. And if one of them just didn't resonate with me anymore, I just kind of stopped communicating with them. However, there are some guys that I have had since the beginning that I really, really resonate with still to this day. And I'm going to kind of talk about that towards the end and give some examples of like how I've developed more like deep relationships with my guides. Um, but I just kind of wanted to give an evolution. Like I feel like once you get past that excitement, there's still like some doubt and you are trying to figure out who you believe in, where they fit into your religion. And that's like, okay. And it's okay if you don't talk to all the guides that every psychic ever told you that you had. Um, and I think one of the other hard things that I have dealt with that I don't quite have an answer for yet, um, I'm still learning, is just understanding how often they change. Like, to me, it feels like, okay, shouldn't I have a few? Well, I do. I have a few guides that are there that always look the same that, um, are, you know, have kind of been around since the beginning of time, um, or beginning of when I, like, found them, I guess I should say. But I have had so many guides that have morphed, that have changed, and that has been, like, very confusing for me. Um, because they've told me before, like, I don't have to stay looking like this. This is just to make you resonate with me more. Like, if you don't resonate with the image of me being a dolphin, like, I can change. Um, and, like, even when I ask about names, like, they don't care about names necessarily. And I think a lot of people really get hung up on, like, what's my spirit guy's name? And um, <laughs> I always have such a hard time answering that question because I always get a sarcastic answer back. And it's always like, oh, just call me Bob. Like, <laughs> like I don't think they name themselves because they're not individuals. I, I think that they're part of a group part of a whole being, um, honestly, I feel like ugh, that's getting into my personal beliefs, but, um, I think that that's the one struggle that I've had is that I feel like they change and they morph. Like there's been several times that I have animal guides that tell me to tell somebody else that like, if you don't resonate with me as a rabbit, like I can change. Like, I just want to connect with you. This image is for you. I don't look like this. Like they tell me that their true image is just like they're a ball of light. Um, and even that's not correct. That's like <laughs> just a way that we can understand it. So like when people get hung up on what they look like or what they sound like or what their names are, to me, they're just balls of light kind of projecting this image so that we feel more comfortable with them. I hope that makes sense. Um, and so that's what's hard. That's what's been hard for me is because I've had guides that have changed images. Um, and this happened recently. I, I finally kind of threw up my hands and I meditated with my guides and I said, like, I feel like you guys are changing all the time. Like, how how can I trust who's who and what's what and what information is coming through? And it was so cool because I basically asked. I said, hey, give me more consistency. Um, and maybe that's something that I needed at that time. Maybe I needed to know that they could, like, change and morph so that I could develop my own spiritual beliefs. Um, but as soon as I asked them to be more consistent, it was cool because they lined up in a line and I asked them like, who are my main, who's my main peeps here? And, um, one guide stepped up and he changed into several different versions of different guides. And I was like, oh, you're all of those people. And he's like, yes. And then, and as soon as I knew that, I was like, okay, I, I totally knew that you're the same energy. Like you helped me out with very similar things. Um, like, he was a fox at one point. He was also just, like, this man in a suit at one point. Um, I can't remember all the different versions, but he, like, showed them all to me. Um, and then I saw my grandfather, and that was one of these moments that I was like, I know he's not a guide, like, in the sense of, you know, what the spiritual community defines as a guide, um, because he's not, like, ascended or, like, I don't know following me around 24-7 to, like, help me out with everything. He he only pops in every now and then. Um, and then I had my dear guide, who I've had since literally, I think, my first ever meditation. Um, and then I have one other guide who is a fictional character. And that one is also a whole nother thing that has thrown me off over the years. And 
Um, I remember, I mean, since day one in the Aspen program, this fictional character came to me. Um, this is somebody who was almost like an imaginary friend to me as a child, um, but they were also somebody out of a book and a movie that I just very much resonated with. And I remember asking my coach, like, can guides be fictional characters? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, why not? And I was like, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> and um, she basically explained it as, you know, again, like they, they can take on any image, you know, that's not what they actually look like. So they're trying to take on an image that really resonates with you so that you can connect with them and really feel their energy. And of course that made sense to me. And I've since like, asked my guides about that and I feel like yes that's a truth I feel like that's something I believe in um but all of it over time has kind of just confused me again because I have guides that are changing I have guides that are characters out of books and you're just kind of like all right am I crazy here am I talking to myself you know what I mean and I think we all go through these processes with spiritual guides spiritual teams I mean I would argue even if you're of another religion you know, people probably go through the same, the same existential, like, questions. And so then we start to get into, okay, well, if all of these are acceptable, then why aren't, like, religious figures out of all of these organized religions acceptable? And I kind of came to the personal belief that, you know, they are. These beings are real. People do connect with them. I do think that people get signs and help from them. And I'm specifically thinking of like Jesus. I do believe that he is a being. I don't feel like I resonate with him though. I feel like because of my background and my upbringing, I just, there was too much fear there and too much, um, I would say my analytical ego mind won't let me really connect with that guide very much. Um, but I do think that all of it is real. All of it is acceptable. I think that honestly all of these guides, all of these um, gods, goddesses are placed so that we can connect to our own spiritual beliefs. And I think at the end of the day, it's all one thing. It's all the same thing that we believe in, um, God, source, universe. I don't quite know what that is for me yet. I do feel like the closest I can name it is, I don't even have a name for it, but to me it feels like we're all one being that's been separated out into various hunks <laughs> and at the end I do feel like there's an end somewhere where we all come back together as one enlightened being after all of these experiences again my personal belief um but I think that none of these guides are wrong for anybody and it's just a matter of which do you believe in and I think that's what can be so hard is you get into the metaphysical community and you're just like, okay, well, really anything is fair game and I can believe in anything. And then there's something about having your options so wide open that just makes it even harder. And part of you just is like, oh, I want to go back to when somebody told me what to believe, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think understanding who your spirit guides are can be much bigger than just like, oh, hey, her name's Susie and she looks like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I think what it comes down to, and honestly, this is the message that I've been getting a lot lately, is that you have to manage and nurture this relationship just like anyone else in your life. No psychic is going to come in and say, here's your guide, and you're just going to instantly feel connected to them 24-7. Even if you develop your psychic abilities, you have to treat it like a relationship that is like any other relationship. You have to put in time, you have to put in energy. Um, I do feel like, you know, it's a little bit more easy because they give that unconditional love. So it's not like, you know, it's somebody who you're, you're fighting with or somebody who withholds their energy. I think they do love and care for you unconditionally. Um, but I think there's a lot of people out there that want to connect to their guides, but they want it to be easy and they don't want to put in the work. Um, and not saying that like they're lazy or anything, but they just don't understand that like, if you want to have just as strong as of a connection as like somebody else does, it's about putting in the work. You know, people who believe heavily in God and Jesus, they're, you know, they're there doing the work every Sunday. They're praying at their tables, you know, they're, um, you know, they're putting in a lot of like time and effort. They're celebrating holidays. And I think, that's truly one of the things that 
I think we've lost as like a metaphysical community. I don't want to say lost, but we have to rediscover it because we're leaving these organized religions. Maybe not all of us. Maybe we started here, but we have to understand that we have to put in that spiritual practice just as much. You know, we have to celebrate the things that we want to celebrate. We have to talk to those guides. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to do any of this because, again, that all comes down to belief. But, like, personally, I think having special holidays or special days over the year, even if it's just a moon ritual, if that's your version of it, or maybe it's the Sabbaths, or, you know, maybe it's still celebrating some of those, like, Christian traditions, like Christmas. Um, I do feel like having those special moments throughout the year is good. I also think you need to have your own spiritual practice of connecting to those guides. Maybe it's shamanic journeying, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's pulling cards, like, whatever it is for you. Um, and so now I'm going to get into kind of, like, how can we form those stronger connections? <laughs> so besides all of that that I just kind of mentioned, I think the biggest thing is you just have to record it. You just have to record the experiences that you have um, because then you can look back and decide, oh, okay, here's this guide, here's that guide. Oh, wow, they've been around a long time. Or, wow, this guide always seems to show up when this is going on. Um, and I think the reason why I say this is because recently... Um, I was, again, feeling like I was just not connected to my guides, and I was like, I'm just going to go through all my old journals of basically any type of psychic work that I did where I was connecting to my guides, and I'm just going to look for things that pop out, guides that pop out, and I'm just going to record it in this kind of new journal. And so I got this journal from my mother-in-law, like literally such perfect timing, as I was going through all of these old journals and like being like, all right, I want to compile just a journal, just a little one for all my guides where I can just write them all down and like what experiences that I've had with each. Um, so if I'm ever doubting them, if I'm ever like, who are my guides? <laughs> I can have a place to come back to it. Again, very like organized Virgo of me. Um, but my mother-in-law just like literally, I was looking for one the next day in the mail, I got like a birthday present package from her and there was this perfect little journal that's like a little fairy journal. And I was like, yes, how perfect. And so I just called it my beliefs and my spiritual team an evolving reference. <laughs> and so in this, in the first couple pages, I just have a lot of pages left open for any type of guide or spiritual being that at least stood out enough that I feel like they might come back or just, you know, I felt like they were significant enough to write down. Now, some of these um, guides I have not seen in ages. Some of them I have seen several times. And then maybe about a third of the way through the journal, I just have experiences written down. I've got, you know, who, which guide it was and kind of just like cliff notes of what happened so I could remember. Um, and this is just kind of me keeping track. Um, basically, anytime I have thoughts, anytime I just start to see a lot of synchronicities happen, I keep track of like, what guide was it? What was going on in my life? Um, and I feel like, you know, this is kind of a lot of similar, a lot similar to the Book of Shadows that a lot of um, witches or Wiccans um, make. And mine is just purely for guides, but um, you can do whatever you want with it. And and I think, you know, once you've got a reference and like a way to record things, it's just paying attention. And to me, having a nightly spiritual kind of routine has just helped me connect with them even more. And I am going to do a video vlog on that. So keep an eye out if you're like, what, what the heck are you talking about? Um, but I just wanted to end this podcast with just a little bit more like of a specific thing on like some of my guides and how I developed like um those relationships further but and then I'm going to kind of close this out so if you're not really interested in that personally you can skip this um but I kind of wanted to just give an example of how guides can appear through synchronicities um and maybe they don't all do this but this is what I've experienced And so recently, um, I just got super into Greek mythology. I've, I've always been interested in it and like I'll do a little bit of research here and there and then, you know, kind of like let it go. Um, but I just got into it again. I cannot remember for the life of me how and that's how I know <laughs> that it was probably spiritually led. 
Um, and I was just really interested in learning about um, Greek mythology again. So I checked out a bunch of books from the library. Um, if you want to know a really good one that I can't remember at the moment, I can tell you, but I can't remember what it is. <laughs> but um, so I got super interested in it. And then as I'm reading through these Greek mythology books, I'm seeing all sorts of synchronicities between guides that have popped up in the past. Um, like I have always had a guide. Oh, well, it's the guide that I said, one of the guides that was changing that was like a fox at once and um, like a guy in a business suit. Um, when he first appeared to me, he was also like a half goat and a half man. That was ages ago. Um, and he was that same guide. Um, and that's like Pan, I think maybe, I don't know. Um, but I was reading this Greek mythology book and found out that there's a name for these like half goat, half man dudes and they're called satyrs. And just reading about what they were, I was like, oh my gosh, that resonates so much with that guide. And um, having all these little moments where I was like, you know, I don't know any of this stuff. Like, this is new to me. However, I've experienced it. Um, and if you've watched my video, I think it was a live night. You'd have to do some searching, but you can type it in my, like, YouTube search box, like, on my YouTube page. I did... Um, one night where I talked about how I discovered that my deer guide was Ellen of the Ways and it was like very similar energy of like I've had this deer guide she always told me she was a female but she had antlers and this was before I even knew about how significant antlered gods were like and the fact that that came to me before I even had any context like that was very reassuring to me that like I was truly connecting and not just like picking something out of a book, which, you know, you, it's, <laughs> you're allowed to pick guides out of books. Like I don't want it to come across wrong, but I'm just realizing, oh my gosh, I've had these experiences. I've written them down and I've experienced these guides in ways that other people have experienced them. And apparently they've got names and, you know, associations with them. And, you know, I've also been super diving into astrology. I'm just very interested in it. And then I'm realizing, oh my gosh, all the Greek mythology, like all the planets, all of the days of the week, all of these things, even the moon manifestations that I've been getting into all come from Greek um, origins. And so I feel like my guides were kind of putting these books in front of me to kind of connect the dots between all of these things. And make me see these synchronicities and make me see all of these things that I'm connecting that yes these are your guides we are here we're trying to give you confirmation like more examples I took a rune class found out that the runes were based on the Greek gods <laughs> um and then I also have always seen nymphs in a lot of my like personal shamanic journeys like I often go to kind of this wooded area with water um and I've I, I have always saw these like spiritual beings that were part water, part earth, like they morphed into different types of the elements. And I never like questioned it. I was like, oh, that's cool. The only reference that I had was like the, um, in Fantasia 2000, <laughs> I'm really going off the rails here. Um, but Fantasia 2000, if you watch that movie, there's like a sequence where there's this nymph and she's like flying through the air and I think there's like a forest fire and like she burns and then somebody like comes and saves her and then she restores the forest. Um, that was the only reference I had of a nymph and I was always like they're kind of like that chick in that that movie but they're kind of not. And then I was going through this Greek mythology book and I realized oh there's a name for these things they're called nymphs and <laughs> there's all these different types of nymphs there's water nymphs there's forest nymphs um, and they're called like naiads and dryads and just all these synchronicities are happening too because like the dryad, when I played D&D &D for a half a minute with my husband and his like friends, I was very called to have a dryad character and literally had her drawn out in like a journal so I could show everybody else, oh, this is my character and come to find out like that um, nymph is like a Greek mythology thing. I've been seeing them in my like um, my meditations, like just all these little synchronicities. So really, I know that's just like a bunch of random things. And I'm not describing it very well, but when you are 
connecting with your guides and you're wanting to develop that relationship, it's about paying attention to those synchronicities. Now, this didn't all happen in a matter of days. Like, this has happened over a couple months this year where I was just staying open. I was learning. I was exploring. I was checking out books. I was going where I was led. And when you follow what lights you up, um, which I think is what Rebecca Campbell says in all of her books, I think that that's how you discover your connection with your guides more is if they're urging you to be like, oh, go check this out. Like, yeah, Greek mythology that, you know, that might not have anything to do with them as guides. Like when you think about it. But then when I started to do it, it was like all these old synchronicities and old moments that happened years ago finally had like a meaning. And it was their way of just being like, no, we're here. This is who we are. You're not crazy. You are right. <laughs> um, and I think that's how you develop more and more of a connection with them. And then what you do is, you know, you can get photos that, you know, really represent them. And that's what I've kind of done in like my... Um, art shed space where I do a lot of my readings is like, okay, this, um, you know, dear guide, this Ellen of the ways, she's been around long enough. You know, I'm going to put something, I don't quite have an altar, but it's my equivalent of an altar, um, where I just kind of put an image of her, how I saw her, I drew her out. Um, and so I'm kind of constantly adding, and even in my little spiritual guidebook, I have like pictures of how I feel like those guides look. Um, and so that's another way you can kind of connect to them more is just kind of, you know, affirming to yourself that yes, they are here for me. This is what they look like. Here's all the experiences that I've had. And then really it's just about going through your life, making sure, well, not making sure, but having your intuition turned on so that if they come through and they connect with you and want to give you little things here and there, you have all these special moments that you can record and kind of reference later. Um, and that's the only reason why I think I have such strong relationships with these particular guides is because they've just been around for so long and I've really tried to pay attention and record a lot of their messages. But then I also act on the things that they give me and I respect, you know, the stuff that they give me. And um, really, I thank them and you know, that's basically what anyone else would do in any other religion. It's asking them for guidance, you know, maybe you're praying to them. And then when you get that thing, you're like thanking that God. Um, and so I think it's, again, it's just like any other relationship that you have to like nurture. And I don't think it's something that you're just going to be walking around and, you know, they're going to come to you and talk to you 24 seven and you don't have to put in any effort. Um, and so I know that like, that's the hard part to hear and that's extremely hard for me to communicate into a reading which is why I kind of wanted to make this podcast um I just think that there's a lot that goes into it but it's not like hard work by any means it's just it's literally just a matter of paying attention um and also just kind of leveling your expectations um and just nurturing those relationships just like you would anybody else and kind of again going through your personal beliefs and working out like if if I'm not believing in this right now why is that where is this coming from do I kind of need to shift um and I think that's what it means to be spiritual I think that's what a spiritual practice is is you're constantly working to find those things um and so I feel like I don't teach a whole lot of that again, which is another reason why I wanted to make this podcast. I give you the tools. I give you the how so that you can communicate with your guides. You've got all these exercises, all these fun ways of reaching out to them. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't do it, you're not going to kind of, you know, nurture those relationships. Now, I don't want you to also think that every single day you got to be doing something or these gods are going to spite you. You know, that's kind of the energy that we moved away from in the first place. Um... I do think that there's times where I go through many months without talking to my guides. Uh, well, I don't know. It's hard because I do it a lot with readings, but I think for the most part, you know, it's okay if sometimes you're feeling super connected to them and talking to them 24 seven. And then there's other times where you're not feeling super connected and that's totally okay too. All right, I feel like this is gonna be a long podcast. Sorry if it was, <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that this helped. You'll have to let me know if you're watching on or listening on Spotify what you guys think. Um, this is just something that I felt very called to do. And my guys were definitely speaking through me sometimes. Um, and I just hope that it helps you connect with your spirit guides. Honestly, I want it to take the pressure off. Because I think a lot of times we're like, oh, these are my spirit guides. Oh, these are 
these are mine and they're so awesome and these are all the things they do for me and it can kind of feel a little bit like exclusive when people act like that and I just want you to know that like it's your own process of discovery you have to trust that radar that you have your intuition and kind of feel feel out what is right for you and what's right not right for you because what's right for somebody else might not be the same for you and that's totally okay and I think one of the beautiful things that I have found about this community is just that we encourage each other to go into places that are, I don't want to say weird, but I just feel like in other religions, if you went up and said, I'm experiencing this, you know, I just don't feel like they are very like open to that. Um, and so I really think that as long as we are encouraging each other and giving each other the tools of how, you can absolutely try to um, connect with your guides, figure out your own spiritual beliefs. And you can keep that to yourself. You cannot. Um, it's totally your own thing. But I hope my tips in this podcast helped and there aren't too random. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you in my next podcast.